What's up, ladies and gents? Uh, for those of you on the West Coast, good morning. And we're going to be talking to James about his platform, Matchmaker FM, how to get people on your show or how to be a guest on other people's show. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. The Business Bros Podcast was created for you. Learn from the business professionals who come to share their stories. Find out what's working in business and social media, what's hot and what's not, straight from the mouths of successful entrepreneurs out there doing the real work. And now, welcome to another episode of Business Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm super pumped today. I got uh, James Mulvaney on the show today. Look, he's a serial entrepreneur, founder of Radio.co, Podcast.co, Matchmaker.fm, which is the one we're going to be talking about. And uh, he's helped me out, whether he knows it or not, to, to be working on my podcast tour, to be able to get uh, onto 50 shows in the month of June. I haven't got quite to 50 yet, but I'm getting closer every single day. And I know those of you who are starting the podcast space, are looking for people to have on your show. His platform is helping people do that, and I'm super pumped to have him on the show. So without further ado, James Mulvaney, welcome to the program. How's it going? Thanks for having me on, Hernan. Of course, of course. Uh, so tell me a little bit about, you know, you have a bunch of different companies uh, yeah. that you've started, a bunch of different platforms, all in the radio podcast space. Mm-hmm. Uh, how does one decide to go and get into that back end space yeah. versus just staying behind the mic? Well, I mean, that's exactly interesting. You, you sort of stay behind the mic. That's a, that's firstly how I got into this space. I was like a 16-year-old kid. I wanted to go into radio as a DJ. I've always loved music. I've always loved broadcasting. And, um, you know, kind of at the, at the time, I was also learning how to build websites. And I was really interested in, um, you know, how to make money on the internet. I was quite an entrepreneurial kid. So I thought to myself, well, you know, could I sell services to this industry? I'm really interested in radio. Is there any opportunities here? Um, kind of didn't really know what I was doing, but I uh, I found someone who did, so who, who kind of knew all the servers and all that kind of stuff, uh, partnered up with them and basically launched a website and um, started making some money pretty quickly. Um, this was like 2004, 2005, so things have changed obviously significantly since then. And I just kind of never really left the industry. I, as I say, my first business was was involved in, in radio and broadcasting. Um, that was a service called Wave Streaming. I ran that for about 10 years. Then about five years ago, we, we transitioned. We kind of launched Radio.co, which is more like a platform for radio stations. And then more recently, we've entered the podcasting market with Podcast.co and Matchmaker.fm. But, you know, I think part of what appeals to me about this is just the ability to broadcast online. And, of course, like we're doing now, we're live you know, the, the tools available to people now are just far, far better than they were like even five years ago. And you can do all sorts of stuff. You know, I'm just sat here in my spare bedroom going live across the Internet, um, you know, and, and the fact that you can kind of collaborate and have guests on the stuff now just kind of makes it even more exciting, I think. It totally does. Totally does. Mm. Now, your, your platform has like made that almost like a 10x it's super simple to use i've i've been using a, a couple different directories mm-hmm. and and different places where i meet uh, other podcast space uh, other podcasters so you know there's facebook groups and there's yep. you know there's there's other networking events and you meet people as you go along but your platform was designed really user friendly i mean it's super simple there's not a lot of clutter there's not yeah. you know advertising space all it's it, it's really just a place for podcasters to come meet each other identify mm-hmm. different show types 
and connect. Uh, what's what, what's the idea behind, you know, there, there's got to be a longer term play here. What's the idea behind it? Yeah, I mean, so to give you some context to the background of how Matchmaker.fm came around, this time last year, we were launching our podcasting platform, podcast.co. We'd probably spent about a year leading up to it, kind of starting to establish the brand in the marketplace and also working on the software. And one of the things that we noticed was, you know, obviously there's so many podcasts based on interviewing people, having guests on. um, And, you know, I think it's about 60% in total of podcasts do. But there didn't seem to be like a really one um, kind of unified platform to, to, to connect people together. So at the beginning, it was really an idea. We thought of it as a marketing funnel to bring customers to podcast.co. And, you know, it, it started out as just literally like a couple of Google Forms. We, we put them up on the podcast.co site saying, you know, are you looking for better guests? Fill out this form if you're a podcaster. And then another form which said, you know, if you're looking to be featured on more shows as a guest, fill out this form. And we noticed that pretty quickly these forms started to f- were being filled out. And it wasn't just like enter your name, enter your email address, send. It was, you know, tell us about yourself. And people were kind of going to a great length to basically complete effectively like a profile on themselves. But we didn't actually have any way of, of connecting these these two kind of groups together. So we, we then thought, well, there's obviously clearly a demand for this type of service. Um, we sat down with our UI designer. We started working on some... Um, sort of uh, designs you know some wireframes for the product kind of put it in put it down on paper so to speak and interestingly the first ever design we we kind of for a joke thought well it'd be cool if it was like tinder so we had like the sort of tinder style swipe left swipe right right interface and uh interestingly when we then built the platform we never built that but i still i'm still one day i want to do that i want to get the tinder style thing going on because <laughs> uh, i think it would be funny and it would be a good marketing technique you know um, but then we kind of started when we launched the software, we actually, you know, it, we didn't have, we didn't get around to actually creating a platform till the end of 2019 and we launched it February this year. Um, and it's just blowing up, you know, we've got about four and a half thousand users. I think we just surpassed four and a half thousand users on the system. Um, most of which are actually really engaged. And what's great to see is people are signing up and they're not just leaving their profiles empty, you know, like back in the day used to have all the Twitter profiles with eggs on which were just kind of empty profiles that people are actually spending time, you know, creating good profiles and then actually using the platform to make connections. So that's kind of how it, it kind of w- was concepted and really how the product came to be. Now, when you say longer term game, there's two real strategies or, th- or three different things we're, we're planning to do. First of all, um, it has been a great source of um, customers for podcast.co. So although we're not charging any money for the matchmaker platform currently, um, you know, it, it it does it does pay for itself because we get people signing up to podcast.co. I think um, the two ways that we w- will look for to, to monetize in future is, you know, at some point we'll introduce a freemium model. So there will always be a free option for both podcasters and guests. We might have a freemium option which introduces some premium features. And also the other way is um, introducing agency plans. We've had quite a few people who contact us who work on behalf of maybe you know they might have a roster of, of public speakers that they represent or influencers that they represent and they want to you know they're a pr company a marketing company or influencer marketing company and they want to represent people so we'll probably introduce some agency type plans uh to to matchmaker as well that is super awesome because that is it, it's it's something that is a definite need in the space. Um, mm. There are agents out there that are doing that already for people, getting them on podcasts. Um, and it's a difficult thing to kind of vet 
the guest that's going to be on the show. It's coming from an agent and you kind of have this assumption that someone who hires an agent has a quality uh, of, of uh, a, a type of speaking style or an energy that they come on the show and they yep. they elevate the status. And that's just not always the case. Your platform allows us to not only see the person that we're going to be talking to, but kind of read mm -hmm. a profile, do a Google search, you know, get more information on these people and see who they are prior to being on the show rather than just taking an agent's name, uh, you know, for, for granted, it's just something that comes on the show. Do you know what? I think you make a really interesting point there, Hernan, as well, about the um, gauging the energy of a person, because um, that's quite important. I think especially if you're trying to find guests for your podcast, you know, you want to make sure that someone's kind of on the same level as you. You know, you don't want to be like super hyped and then find someone who's really solemn and kind of boring and sort of corporate or whatever and vice versa. You know, some podcasts are really serious. And then I go on and I'm like, hey, and it's just kind of a bit like, whoa, who is this guy? Um, so one of the features that we're actually looking to introduce, um, probably going to be rolling out within the next month or so. I think it's, 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 it's in the development roadmap at the moment is video. So you can actually, um, put a video on your profile, you know, build it right into the system. And then also we'll add that to the messaging feature eventually as well. So you can actually send people video messages, you know, pitch yourself or pitch for someone to come on your show, you know, as a video, because I just think, again, it's, it adds that sort of extra element as an extra kind of dynamic between people and I think you can kind of you can really see who someone is on a video versus just sort of reading a, a description of someone. Oh, I 100% agree. So uh, one of the cool things I like to do, so if, if I get a friend request on Facebook, mm -hmm. um, I don't just hit accept. I <laughs> have to send you a video DM Thank really? you for that Facebook uh, friend request. And, and I do that constantly. One of the main reasons is because once I send you this video message, I say your name on it. I'll tell you what date it is, you know, all these different things to identify mm -hmm. that's unique to you. It's not something I just pre-recorded and throw it out there. Uh, yeah. and, and so I send it and people acknowledge that I get interaction because of it. You know, people are like, Hey, that was amazing. I love that. I love what you're doing. And it sparks that conversation that, that the whole point of being on social media is to have a relationship with somebody else. It requires a dialogue at some point, yeah. right? Rather than just give them access. It's, it's almost like, I feel like if, if somebody sends you a friend request and you say, yeah, cool, bling, you're literally just saying, here's my window, look into my life and don't worry about ever connecting with me in any actual positive way. <laughs> just take a look at what I'm doing. I, I yeah. find that kind of weird. But if you engage with somebody, if they do see you on video, if they get that personality, then all of a sudden it's like, hey, this is somebody that I might actually want to hang out with or have a conversation with. And in this podcast space, that's vital because you're exactly right i've had people on the show and here i, I don't know maybe you've had this experience yeah. you talk to them prior to hitting the on switch and they have all kinds of energy they're ready to rock and roll they're pumped and as soon as you hit the on button they shut down really have you wow. had that before no i mean i i don't know maybe i've, I've definitely had it where i've been it's interesting because again, when you're sat interviewing someone, and obviously I have my own podcast and I've had my own live stream, which I think I mentioned to you before. Um, uh, but also, you know, recently I've been on a tour, and this has been kind of a marketing exercise for Matchmaker, but also just a personal thing because, you know, obviously we're in lockdown. I wouldn't normally have time to do this kind of thing when I'm in the office. There's too many distractions. So I've used the last sort of 30, 40 days to appear on as many podcasts as, as I can. So I, my challenge initially was 30 within 30 days hit that challenge um and it's more I'm, I'm kind of getting close to about 40 now i think really like 35 or 36 days in something like that so it's um 
it's it's been a real interesting experience and um just doing you know that many podcasts in a kind of focused period of time and of course one of the reasons i want to do this is to get the word about matchmaker.fm out there as well um but you know it, it certainly helps you with your communication skills i think this is massively helpful um and of course it's just like anything the more you do the better you become right Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, we're you you are literally episode 489. If I was to go back to episode 1, it was horrible. It's there's no way. It doesn't sound good. I yeah. have zero energy behind my voice. I don't know really how the show flows or how to interview anybody, mm. but it's it's something that we've developed over time. Mm -hmm. Now, speaking of over time, um I've I've read a statistic number of different places uh, there are about a million podcasts and half of them have 14 episodes or less. Um, right. I, I relate a lot of that to people's um, fear or maybe discouragement once they launch that they have, you know, zero, one, two, ten, maybe downloads. And so they get discouraged. Mm -hmm. They feel like, you know, I started my podcast. I'm the next Joe Rogan. Here we go. And then nobody listens. There's a huge okay. discourage. Yeah. Or they uh they want to do interviews and they realize i can't get anybody on my show and you know i i don't know what to do next and they quit uh what have you what are you seeing with people on matchmaker as far as once they once they create a profile for themselves mm. and and they they start getting some guests are are the people on your show consistently staying on more than 14 episodes do you do you have that kind of metric that's a good question. Um, one of the one of the things that we're looking to improve is kind of what you call in the industry like gamification or gamification. So basically, the ability to actually see at the moment, you know, you can message people directly, but we we don't have a clear way of sort of defining this person has been on this show. That's something we'll be adding in future, um, which will give us much much more accurate statistics and and also not just for our own stats, but also for people using the platforms. They can say, oh, this person's been on that show there's a link to that show where I can listen to them. So you can kind of, again, get a gauge for what the person sounds like, what they might, um, what areas of expertise they may have, et cetera. Um, but one thing we do know is um, when, when I look at the graphs of, uh, we have a, a great system called Redash, which basically pulls out loads of data from the database and draws lots of pretty graphs so we can kind of understand how the platform's being used is um, we are seeing usage going up in line with the number of users that are joining the platform. So it's not a case of, as I mentioned before, people are joining it and forgetting about it. Most people that are joining it are engaging, which is what we want to see. Um, I think so the average number of connection requests or messaging requests that people are saying, sending is seven a month at the moment, which is pretty good. I think, you know, that, that works out pretty well for, for most people. I guess that's on the basis that, you know, they might want to record one episode a week so they maybe need to send four messages to get to get booked on four show uh, four shows seven messages for four shows. I'm not exactly sure, um, but you know the the statistics are certainly very promising. And also, I think you know when we start building out more and more functionality, such as the video and you know the the kind of connection system I just mentioned, so we can start tracking that um, usage will go up, and it'll be interesting to see how it pans out for sure. You know, organization is key, uh, and it's yeah. something that that uh, you don't really understand until you start implementing this yeah. type of strategy, right? So, uh -huh. uh, you did the thirty for thirty. I don't, I, I don't know where I came up with a number, but I was gonna go ambitious, and I was gonna do fifty shows in June. Um, okay. I haven't gotten to fifty. I've gotten to, I've booked twenty two so far, uh, and and growing using your platform has made it super easy to do that. Yeah. Um, and and you know, but I but even then, like I find it more difficult to be a guest on other shows than to get guests on my show. Okay. Um, 
in, uh, on your platform, it's super easy to, uh, it's literally like you activate your profile and people can see it and they're like, they, they just send you, you know, Hey, here's a, here's somebody that I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, are you guys thinking of any, uh, fine tuned way for somebody looking to be a guest to have that kind of, uh, simple send out to people, you know, let me, let me be a guest on your show. I, I already see the platform as, like you literally have, you know, there's, there's two tabs and a message. Mm. Like it's, it's simple. I want to be a guest. Um, mm. but, uh, it's, you know, f- finding somebody who's, who's looking for that guest or finding somebody who meets a certain niche, um, that can get a little difficult. Yeah. I mean, I think again, one of the things that we try and do when we onboard people to the platform is encourage people to be proactive because yeah, you can sign up create a profile and you know sort of sit there and hope for the best but ultimately the the people who are winning out on the platform are definitely the the guys and the girls who are actually being proactive you know sending messages out trying to have those conversations um again i think it's we we there are there are two types of, of user there are users who have podcasts who will obviously have a profile for their podcast and there are guest users. And then obviously there are lots of users who will have both their profile for themselves and also profile for their podcast. But then we are trying to balance that out. So we're trying to have a, a, a good selection of people who perhaps don't have a podcast, but they might be an expert in a certain field. You know, they might be a marketing expert or some someone who's got expertise in finance or sports or whatever it might be. Um, so really, you know, again, it's just uh, for us at the moment about from the get-go, it's been about filling the platform with good quality people. So uh, one of the conscious decisions we made when we started was to have it as a closed ecosystem. So you can't see, if you go on the website, it's just one page, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and to actually, you know, to, to, to go into the platform, you need to sign up and create an account, which has, has made, meant that we've kind of, we've ended up with, with a sort of a good quality group of users on there. You know, being that you guys are in the podcast space, you mm-hmm. get to communicate with a lot of podcasters. Yep. Um, you have other industries who want to get into the podcasting space contacting you, whether it's uh, they want to market on on uh, on other people's shows, they're interested in the data and demographics of, mm-hmm. of podcasting space. Where do you see this podcast trend going I mean, it's already been here for a number of years. We've had major sellouts like uh, like Joe Rogan's uh, being able to go exclusive on Spotify. They've, they're making big pushes to buy out, uh, you know, existing podcasts. Uh-huh. You know, wh- what do you see? Wh- what's your kind of, you know, sixth sense in what's going on? That's a good question. You know, and this is a question that lots of people have asked me recently. You know, I think there's it's still just the beginning. If you compare the number of podcasts, you know, you mentioned earlier, there's a million podcasts on Apple and Spotify, et cetera. Um, And, you know, if you look at the number of Instagram accounts or YouTube channels, you know, that number is still tiny. So it can be, it means a good thing because it it means if you're thinking about starting a podcast for your business or to grow your personal brand uh, or for any kind of commercial intention, there's still that um, ability to get cut through. And the chances are most of your competition still won't be really engaged in the medium. So, you know, there's a good opportunity there. Whereas if you look at, you know, any market, your competition's all over social media, for example, already. So it's just uh, the way I look at it for particularly for businesses is it's just another thing to add to your marketing mix. So some people like to listen to podcasts because you can digest them passively. 
and you don't have to be sat there watching them like you would with a video. The other benefit is that you it's statistically proven that you've got people's attention for a lot longer um, than you might do via video. So, you know, people's attention span on social media sucks. It's like 30 seconds or something. You know, sometimes it can be even less than that if they're just scrolling through their feed. Whereas it's proven that about 70% of people who tune into a podcast episode will actually listen for the entire thing. Now, as marketers, having someone's attention for 30 minutes is really, really rare and very valuable, I think. It is. It is. Yeah. The uh, the so it brings me to that next question. The ability for you to maintain that attention from your audience. Um everybody wants to know that secret to having the kick-ass podcast, yeah. that one that everybody wants to dial into on a regular basis. And for for me, I've never had an actual answer to, you know, that 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 I don't know, the elixir that gets you to that magic spot. For me, it's always been be as consistent as possible. Post yeah. as much stuff. Take your long-form content. Break it up into smaller pieces. Put that mm -hmm. on social media. Grab as much attention. Build your audience one person at a time. Engage with people, and you'll grow over time. Yeah. Um, and that's my advice, but it's not the sexiest advice. It's My, my uh, advice is you have to work can. at it. Yeah, what, it's hard what, work. What, it is. <laughs> Yeah, I think, you know, it's interesting because um, there's I don't think there is a secret source. You know, sometimes I think still like if, you, if you're starting now and don't, you know, don't give up after 14 episodes is probably tip number one. Get started is number tip number two. Don't start that, you know, but we, a lot of people we speak to at podcast.co, they've been thinking about starting a podcast for like two years or two months or whatever. Just start. You know, you can reiterate and you can improve as time progresses. You know, I saw your intro at the beginning of this show and I was like, wow, this is incredible. Like Hollywood production, you know. Um, <laughs> so so I thought, you know, it, it's, it's one of these things, isn't it, where, you know, you start and it might not be perfect, but you've got to just start somewhere. But like the more you work at it, the better you become. Like you said earlier, if you're interviewing guests, you become a better interviewer as well. Um, I think, you know, try and be consistent with, with when and, and how often you're putting your episodes out. Be consistent with the length of them and also you know try and get a good quality of guest on your show as well because then they'll ultimately they'll share it with their networks too which is again part of the value of having guests on um i think you know that you can if you're serious about it and you're a business and you have a budget potentially spend on advertising to promote a show i also think having a concept is really important so too many people go into podcasting especially if you're doing it for, you know as part of a commercial uh, entity you know, don't just sort of start making up as you go along. You know, you think about who your audience is, what you want to achieve from it. You know, is it an education piece for your customers? Is it to build leads? If so, how are you going to sort of measure your KPIs? Uh, or, you know, is it for, for much bigger companies? We're seeing it used more and more for internal comms, stakeholder engagement and that kind of thing. Um, so I think, you know, having a clear idea of why you're going into podcasting or what you're using it for um, is a good thing and just trying to build a solid concept that you know is going to appeal to your market because um, just having your your company podcast is, isn't necessarily going to be good enough I think you know having a sort of theme to it or you know uh, solving a specific problem in your market is always a good way to go because again people are thirsty for information aren't they you know that that uh, thinking about what it is and who your ideal client is and who mm. your ideal customer is uh, a lot of times I find with people who are just getting started that's too in-depth. 
right? Mm. Uh, for for the commercial side, definitely, you should have a good indication of who your ideal client is. But there's a lot of people who just want to get started. Yeah. And and my advice to them is is, is similar to yours. It's, it's just get started. Yeah. This is the beautiful thing about having your own show is you can modify, change, adapt. You can rebrand at any time. And no one is going to be there to stop you, to prevent yep. you, to change you from doing that. And you can adapt your show you know, as you go along. In our show, we're starting to add segments because, um, you know, and, and it's to simplify certain things. I, I mentioned that I take our long form content and I chop it up into smaller pieces and repurpose mm -hmm. it onto, uh, onto social media. Well, the, the fact that I go back and listen to the show to find those little nuggets, that's a time consuming process. It's a great process. You should be doing that. Yeah. Um, but what we're starting to add is different segments like the one I'm about to drop right now. Um, and the, the whole reason is now when I'm scanning through my my video as I'm looking through the show, I can easily identify the segment, cut it out, and repurpose yeah. it in, in a simple form. Plus, mm -hmm. it's a little fun. So let's jump into our segment here. All right, two truths and a lie. Here we go, James. You ready? Two truths and a lie. Yeah, okay. All right, all right so simple rules. So, You're going to tell me two truths, one lie. Don't tell me which one's which. And I'm going to try to guess which one was the lie. How do people normally do this? Do they normally just try and be completely poker face? Or, oh, yeah, uh, complete it... poker face. Complete okay. poker face. Here you go. So uh, two truths and a lie. Here we go. Number one, my first business was washing cars. Uh, number two, I've never actually had a job working for anyone else. And number three, my favorite color is blue. Huh. That's a tough one. Okay. So <laughs> I'm going to say your favorite color is blue because you're wearing a blue shirt. It's got to be, that's got to be a truth, right? <laughs> that's correct. Um, never had a job. You are a serial entrepreneur. That's probably highly likely. Uh, and I'm going to say that your first business was not a car wash since everything you've done has been tech space related. <laughs> so I'm going to go with the car wash is a lie. That's correct. Well done. Yeah. Ooh, I'm getting <laughs> rock and roll. Try to pay attention to those details. So, yeah. all right. So, tell me a little bit about, uh, uh, you know, the, the, the true, true. So we got the blue shirt, right? Definitely <laughs> blue is your favorite color. Uh, I haven't seen that on your website. That's more like a purplish orange. So I'm assuming you actually did some background and decided on, <laughs> on, you know, what your customers would appeal to. Uh, that's a good question. I don't really know to be honest. <laughs> I should know the answer to that. I think, uh, I think uh, so. Podcast.co is 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 orange, like the main color theme. Although we're kind of sort of moving away from that now. I think we're going to rebrand soon to, to make it feel a little bit more grown up. Matchmakers purple and orange. Really, why we chose those colors? I don't know. It was probably something our designer looked into. Uh, the guy who worked on uh, a guy called Marlon, who was working on the, the branding for us at the time. So I, I'm not sure. Um, and uh, yeah. That, that my my favorite color is blue. I, I don't necessarily feel like you have to have your business branded to the same color as you, but that's just just a, <laughs> it's one of those sort of trivial facts that I thought, well, you know, it kind of it could easily just be anything. It could have been anything except you're yeah. wearing blue, so that threw you off. Threw you off. What was your yeah. other truth? What was the second one? Uh, I've never had a job ever. Never had a job. So, no. uh. You know, when you talk to somebody who has been in their own business, who has developed their own income stream, mm. uh, oftentimes they've never had a their own W-2 income. 
how you know was this something that it's just you since you were a kid you found like you know i'd rather go make my own money than work for somebody or do you have like authority issues or like what's <laughs> what's the deal with never having a job uh, i think um it was well there's a, there's a couple of reasons right there's firstly and this is kind of why i thought also i'd throw in the one about washing cars because a lot of entrepreneurs will always start with something like that you know they sell lemonade or they wash cars or they i don't know whatever uh do something like that so i kind of thought it might it might might be might be plausible that that's also true but that was not true i i, my, I used to wash my dad's car for him but i didn't get paid <laughs> so <laughs> but um no i think the reason i never had a job um so so my my dad was, was great when i was growing up he always said to me um the best decision he ever made was was going self-employed starting his business now he was in a completely different industry than i've been in he was an antiques dealer he bought and sold furniture um but you know he um he used to always say when before then before like i was born he had so many different jobs throughout his life you know he worked in insurance sales and he worked in a casino and he did that this and he he kind of just never really found a sort of I guess a kind of true calling in terms of his occupation, but he did always say, you know, being, you know, go starting my antiques business was always the best decision because it just given me so much freedom. And, you know, when I was growing up, I lived near London and most of my other friends had dads who lived very corporate lives. So they were going, working in London, commuting back home and they quite often wouldn't see their kids much during the week. They wouldn't be getting back till 10, 11 at night and you know my dad was always there if we he needed to you know if we were fell ill in the middle of school he could come and pick us up and you know he had that freedom whereas a lot of the other parents didn't and he just always sort of said that to me so I think naturally when it got to a stage where I was 15 16 I was learning how to use a computer and I was just had this fascination with building websites and um I was teaching myself that stuff anyway and I kind of guess I put two and two together and thought well you know my friends are now starting to go and get part-time jobs working in McDonald's and getting doing paper rounds and that sort of thing which is nothing wrong with that but i thought well i don't really want to do that so can i make some money on the side you know with these skills that i've learned so i started um designing logos for people and those little annoying flashing banners i had a website <laughs> selling those back in like 2003 and um that was it you know i i, I kind of started i guess my first ever business and i didn't ever have to go and get a part-time job I then did decide I wanted to go off to university. So I did that. But then I um, used that sort of four year period while I was at uni to sort of grow a business, which meant when I had graduated, I didn't actually need to go and work for anyone. And I was, I, you know, I had a website which was um, probably making about 10 grand a month by that stage. So, yeah, it, serious money. And, um, you know, that that's that's kind of the rest is history, as they say. Now, when you uh, you took those skills, you, your dad was a, a solopreneur, an entrepreneur yeah. doing it doing it himself. Um, you didn't take that approach. You mentioned earlier today that when you uh, started, you know, Matchmaker and all these, you know, your other websites, uh, you mentioned a team. It was subtle, yeah. but you mentioned a team. Mm. That is something that an entrepreneur usually develops over time: the ability mm. to scale a business, to grow something beyond themselves, to understand their limits to their skills and bring on other people uh how valuable has that been to the growth of of the platforms that you've developed yeah i'd say really valuable and again you know that's one of the things i remember noticing about my dad when i was growing up is you know he did a lot of everything himself and i used to say to him you know why don't you hire staff and his answer was always well staff cost money okay now 
this is true of staff do cost money but you know the way i kind of what i kind of didn't understand was well yes it does but then you can be folk you can hire someone to do stuff that you don't really want to do like sort of um being the shopkeeper for example and then you can go off and do the other things that you're really good at which my dad was good at like doing the deals and all that sort of thing you know mm -hmm. and you know he still did pretty well and he's retired now but like i always looked at that and thought you know why don't you just get someone because he'd sit there come home and complain that he'd sat there all day and he didn't really feel like it was achieving so I, I was like, as soon as I could hire people, um, probably about a year after I graduated university, that that was one of my first goals is like, I need to take someone on. And of course, as soon as I, um, I did, you know, I took someone on, first of all, to, to handle like customer services and that sort of thing. Um, you know, and then I, I hired um, shortly after a, a programmer. And at the time, I'd learned to code myself. And when I hired a programmer, I realized that I was rubbish at writing code. And this guy was way better than me. And I used to think I was quite good before that, you know. So um, ever since then, I've been very, very people focused in terms of uh, we, we've, we've got a team of about 34 now. And um, most are based here in Manchester. But we also have a few remote workers, um, a couple in the USA and one in Canada. And, you know, it, it's just been it's been really valuable over the sort of past. Well, I think it was about 10 years ago when I took on my first ever member of staff now. And, um, you know, since then, obviously, it, it, whenever I launch a project now, I'm, I'm looking at the bigger picture versus actually doing a lot of the work myself. Um, you know, so it's kind of it's a good position to be in. But also as well, it's a lot of responsibility as well. So so, you know, it's kind of um, it, 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 I agree as an entrepreneur. You start out, and I I worked on my own for probably five years before I hired anyone, you know. And I was wearing many hats. I was the customer support guy. I was the tech guy. I was writing the code. I was d designing a website. I was, you know, dealing with sales and support. And it's just you can kind of be not very good at a lot of things. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think it's uh, it's good when you start hiring people, and you're like, wow, this guy or this girl blows me out of the water. What I was doing before. Um, that's a really good feeling. You want to always be recruiting people who are way better than you. And you've done a tremendous job uh, building some some of the greatest platforms I've seen. Uh, again, I, I want to thank you for your time coming on the show. Matchmaker FM has uh, made things for me very easy. I, and mm -hmm. it's only it's only getting started. So all yeah. the additional things that you talked about today that you're adding to the platform are just going to make it so much better for uh, podcasters to be able to grow to, to, you know, having a set schedule and being committed to somebody else is one of the reasons why, uh, I continue to do this on a regular basis. Our mm. calendar is booked up with guests up to eight weeks in advance, people that want to be on the show. And it's, it's awesome to have that. But at the same time, those days that you don't feel like doing it, you know, you have to, because there's yeah. somebody who's waiting there to, to be on your show, to promote their product or service or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, you guys are giving us the ability to make podcasting a lifestyle, which will push you beyond those 14 episodes. So, you know, mm -hmm. thank you again for, for everything that you guys have put together and for coming on the show and sharing with it. And, and just so you know, um, I preach, to people about uh, Matchmaker FM because uh, it's just it's it's that good of a product. So when you know I, I do a, a lot of different coaching to help people get their podcast started, and this is one of those things that I'm like, this is where you need to go. 
you know, there's there's Anchor yeah. FM for a free platform to get your hosting done. There's um, there's a bunch of different stuff that you can do to you know start podcasting at zero dollars and then add to it as you as you get into the groove of things. You know, then you know where you want to spend your money uh, yep. to improve your platforms. And your platform is one of those places where it's on the top of my list of things that I recommend to people. So thank you very much for for putting that out there. Well, thanks for the opportunity and thanks very much for having me on today, Hern. And it's been a been a great pleasure and really interesting conversation as well thank you thank you all right ladies and gents make sure you guys go check out matchmaker.fm i'm telling you you'll love it uh if you're not if you don't have a podcast but you want to get on a podcast get on there anyways Uh, if you have a business you want to talk about your business product or service things that you're doing for your community check out check it out get a profile get yourself squared away matchmaker.fm james thank you for uh coming on the show have a great rest of your uh it's still wednesday over there right yeah still wednesday, yeah <laughs> right, talk end, to of the, end of the day now but thanks very much Hernan. it's been a pleasure awesome all right ladies and gents that's all we got for you guys today well that's not true we got a few more shows for you later today peace and we're out yeah. oh yeah i forgot i'm running the whole thing by myself today outro <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Business Bros Podcast. Are you looking to get more clients or to increase your income? Hernan, the Business Bro, can help you generate referrals through the power of podcasting. And James, the Insurance Bro with Pipeline Insurance, can help you effectively add insurance to your existing business. If you are ready to create wealth today and generational wealth for tomorrow, email businessbros at csfirst.com to schedule a free consultation or join the Business Bros Network, www.businessbros.biz.